Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. So here we are for another episode of Brown Crayon Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about early childhood leadership, community, and eudaimonia. Brown Crayon is a community of practitioners amplifying the voices, interests, and concerns of melanated leaders. Brown Crayon is rooted in abundance and anchored in our belief of the African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So Latasha, as always, we have a quote and today's quote is from Dr. King's famous sermon of 1967, where he said, it really boils down to this, that all life is interrelated. We are all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied to a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. So today we're going to have a nice conversation. You ready for that? I am so ready. All right. We're going to do it in 30 seconds. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm super, super excited. We're going to have Kara Johnson come in. Kara is a mother of two. Here she comes. Here she comes. (laughs) Here we go. Kara. She's a mother of two. She's a therapist and social services worker for over 15 years and also an entrepreneur. Hey, sis. Hey. Hey, sis. Hey. So nice to have you here. Thank you. I'm so we're super excited because uh, this is a different type of um, podcast that we're doing today. I think it focuses, I really loved Melissa's quote um, about it, life being interrelated because it kind of is really applicable here in how we're connected. So typically what we do is we ask our guests, how are we connected? We believe there are always six degrees of separation. So, Kara, how are we connected? <laughs> All right. Thank you, ladies. So, I met Tasha when she came to Lash Art, which is my baby business. Um, she came for a full set of beautiful lash extensions. Um, but everybody that knows me knows when you come to Lash Art, you don't just get lashes. You get a mini therapy session because I'm also a clinical therapist. Um, and so it's just a two for one deal you get at Lash Art. And, and that's how we really connect it. It really, really is. I'm so glad that you said that. And it's so true. Yeah. Um, so, what had happened, y'all? Kara <laughs> is being very, very humble. Um, first thing first, I'm really funny about my services. I only want the best. And not only that, but the energy has to align. And so it says something when I come, mm-hmm. I'm always doing reviews and all of those things come into play. And so 
Kara um, is absolutely right. Not only did I get some wonderful, beautiful lashes, y'all saw that, um, but also we connected on a deeper level. And um, I love the humility, but Kara is an amazing, beautiful, brilliant soul as well. It's kind of like I paid for lashes, but I kind of got that on the free free, the, the mm -hmm. therapy session. So let me tell y'all what happened. So the first thing was that uh, we began talking and um, we began talking about education. Of course, y'all know I'm an educator. I'm going to talk about it. I, when I meet somebody, I want to know what school their, their kids go to, what area they live in. And so we started talking and somehow the conversation led to uh, me trying to explain to her about how um, a while back um, my nephew um went through a a a very traumatic situation where he he had to to come and live with me and um and so i tried to get him into the school district in my area um and uh it was a big to do about it without getting into it and that's a whole nother episode y'all but i ended up having to sue um the entire school district and i ended up firing my attorney and representing um my my nephew as an advocate and so as i'm telling Kara, this story, I'm trying to talk around our language, the language of education, because as far as I knew, she was a lash tech. And so I just thought, I automatically just, it was my assumption, and y'all know what that right? <laughs> right. around it. And I'm not using our words, our language, IEPs. And, and, and so I went in to kind of try to explain to her, and then Kara this brilliant, beautiful soul was like, yes, I know. And then she started using the language and then I wanted to know more about her. Kara, um, tell us your story. Can you tell us a little bit more? How did, how did we connect on education? Right, and so I worked as a therapist in the school system for a little bit mm -hmm. um, for uh, with elementary age students. I also was a director at a mental health facility that held the um, Head Start grant. Mm -hmm. And so I am very familiar with IEPs, IFSPs. Um, I also have a son who had a very severe speech delay and he himself had an IFSP that turned into an IEP later. Mm -hmm. And I was his advocate, of course, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and so everything Tasha was talking about was just second nature to me. Um, because not only did I have uh, an abundance of professional experience, but then I also had that personal experience and, and we connected there. Definitely did. Mm -hmm. You just never know. You never know the connections you can make with someone until you start having those connections. Yeah, very for cool. Sure. For sure. Yeah, she was right with it. Um, um, and, and, and then, of course, as, as she said, it, 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 it led into some other things, the stressors that came along with, uh, you know, really battling a school district and trying to make sure that my nephew um, got the educational services that, um, uh, that was within his right. Um, and, um, and then I began talking a little bit about this journey uh, that I'm on. Uh, some of you guys follow me, and so you're aware of it. But um, in short, I've left corporate America um, and now doing some consulting. And I was just telling Kara about um, the big difference that I feel physically and mentally uh, from last year to this year. Um, and I was 
explaining to her about some of the symptoms that I had been having uh, for years, for years, um, I was extremely tired. Um, I had foggy brain. Um, there was always something to do. I just was um, overwhelmed um, for the most part um, with, you know, dealing with teams and making sure that, you know, we got all of the compliances that we needed uh, for the organizations that I worked for. And then Kara talked to me about, she named, she named what I was describing. And it was just so profound to me. Kara, can you, can you talk a little bit about what happened? Yeah. So uh, Tasha was giving me a little bit of her backstory and then her present um, situation and then just the work ethic and drive that she has. And and although that's a beautiful thing to have, but I hear that so often from mm -hmm. my clients and even mm -hmm. myself. And um, Dr. Liz, I don't know if you can relate to this, but just as Black women, when we have depression um, and clinical depression, sometimes we put ourselves into overdrive, right? Mm -hmm. So essentially to escape, we don't really have the luxury as other people may have to lay around in the bed all day, right? So we got to be moms. We got to be providers. We have to, unfortunately, sometimes be our own protectors, right? And so uh, sometimes we'll go into overdrive. Hey, that relationship failed. Hey, that job is bringing me down. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to mm -hmm. get, I'm going to gain more knowledge. I'm going to over exceed expectations. I'm going to be the best mother. I'm going to be the best of everything, right? And then we're, we're pushing, pushing, pushing. And it's because we're neglecting or we're trying to escape essentially mm -hmm. what is really bothering us. I don't want to deal with that. That's in front of my face, you know? So I'm going to go into a hyper overdrive, right? Be high functioning in my depression because I'm still escaping, right? Right. With all those symptoms Tasha had, that those were all symptoms of depression. It's high functioning. Yeah, so I was busy. I like, I was busy. Like you said, I was busy. I was high functioning. I was all the way up to the top. This yeah. one, look, Melissa, you know what we do. This right, one. right, yeah. right. And I never, and you don't realize it. Like you don't realize this is what I'm doing. You just no. are putting it into drive. Like you said, mm -hmm. like I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do more. I got to do more. Yeah. Self-destructive. Self-destructive. It's self-destructive, right? But no and, one can notice it. Because they're like, oh man, look at Tasha. She's always on the go. Over she's ambitious. She's doing it. Yes. Yes. You, get, you get praised for it, right? You get praised for not resting. Yeah, yeah. You get yeah. I know black women, mm -hmm. uh, the most educated. Yes. Right, right. Look at her. She's back in school. She's working two jobs. She's taking care of her kids and not realizing what's really happening to her. But on the surface, it's like, oh, she really has it all together. And and then it makes other people think they should be doing more, you know. Okay. Because essentially our daughters are watching us. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're watching us function in this depression. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking that this is the expectation. Oh, wait. And let me say this. And our sons are, because I have a son, and he always talks about, mom, you always are able to get it done. You know, mom, you always doing something for somebody else, and you're working hard. I'm working 14 hours. You're in constant meetings, one after another. There's no way you can get the work Ain't nothing. Ain't went to the bathroom. That yeah. part. That yeah. part. Mm -hmm. So, 
meetings yeah. back to back to back yeah. to back and you yeah. thinking this is and you thinking this is natural like this is the way mm-hmm. it should be are you thinking mm-hmm. this is the way i have to be because if not then i'm just gonna fall off and everything's gonna fall off and right but not only that but those meetings back to back are keeping you away from noticing whatever is missing or what's there that shouldn't be you know mm-hmm. whatever has driven you to your depression right Mm-hmm. Those back-to-back meetings, those not even taking bathroom breaks, not even taking a minute to nourish yourself, nurture yourself, it's keeping you busy and distant from that mm-hmm. whatever's there. Yeah, you, know, you you fill in the blanks, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, when I'm when I'm working and overexerting myself, I don't have time to take notes of like you know. A failed relationship like all the things i'm busy i'm working Mm -hmm. like i don't have time for any of that i I don't have time to really you know Mm -hmm. reflect on what's really happening yeah Yeah. to be present to be present i mean there's something to be said about being present because you cannot be aware if you're not present and awareness is everything so um, what do we do, Kara? Kara, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to call you Kara. It's so. okay, because I ain't doing both, really. I would never try. <laughs> well, that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, I just, I'm used to that. Well, I, well, just quickly, I, I was saying earlier, I said, I know I'm going to say the name wrong because I have a friend, a Tara and a Tara, and I would mix them yeah. up and yeah. Kara and Kara, but I it know what okay. it is. So my bad. I'm sorry, but I know what it is. But yeah, what do what do what do we do with all that? What are some some steps or just just to get us thinking about what's happening? So I think the first step is just being in the knowing, right? Because we just admit it, like we don't even know that we're there. Right. Because we all think that depression, first of all, high function and depression is not even in the DSM-5. And that is the book that guides uh, clinicians and physicians to diagnose mental health disorders. There's only clinical depression in there, which looks like I'm unmotivated. I can't get out of bed. Right. So being in the knowing, first of all, the high function and depression does exist. Right. And it does exist in our community. And it sounds like the opposite of what you just described. Well, a lot of the, the symptoms are the same, except for I can't get out of bed. Right. I'm in uh-huh. overdrive. So there's uh-huh. a difference. But like even Tasha had explained, she's having that brain fog. Right. Mm-hmm. You for know, years. Yeah. You for might years. be crying still. You might be on the on the way to work. I And I remember my kids telling me like, Mom, you're so strong. You never cry. And I think to myself. I can't wait for y'all to get out the car and drop y'all <laughs> so I can scream and cry the whole way to work. This is not in front of y'all. I can't wait to cry. But, you know, I just never show them that side, right? Because I am in my home, you know, I'm a single mother. I am provider. I am protector. I am, you know, the everything, the therapist in the house, too. And yeah. so I can't show them that weakness because it looks like, well, who's going to save us? You know, and, and why so, do we consider it weakness? Right, mm. right. That Melissa, that. But we do, we yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And and so I think, um, just to answer your question, just being in the knowing and knowing that you know, um, sometimes we're working hard for our families, but at other times we're working so hard because we're running. You know, I remember I was working three jobs in one year, didn't even need the money. 
business is good, yeah. right? And someone said, well, where are you running from? No one's mm. ever no one's mm. ever said that to me. They stop you in your tracks? Like, it's I said, and I had to, it left me with my thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't, yeah, that's where we don't want to be sometimes. Oh, you don't want to be left with your thoughts. Yeah. You yeah. overexert yourself so you can pass out at night. Mm. You know, because I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't indulge in drugs. Right. Mm. How else can you sleep? Right. Yeah. Right. 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 So I'm overexerted at night. I fall asleep. Mm. Sleep like a baby because I've been working like a dog all day. I'm I'm I was running. You That's know? pretty good though. I, I still I was I was um high functioning. Um but I literally was surviving, um, Melissa, you know, I was surviving off of like three hours of sleep for like years. I would be, I'm, I mean, I still have to fight the urge to, to wake up at like 3.34 in the morning. So, Well, now you get up at five, right? Yeah, five. <laughs> Late. And still, I'm, I'm up. I mean, that was the thing. Notorious for sending out an email at 4 a.m. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the bigger... Thing is that in a year, the difference that I've noticed from mm -hmm. being able to be present and aware of what's going on in my body, what what my what my mind is thinking, you know, all of those um, moments that I have to reflect um, have just kind of added this piece um, that's there, this awareness of this is who I am. This is what I want to do. This is what I find joy in. Mm -hmm. oh, life is so, so different. And, and I think that um, I'm going to go ahead and segue into this next interesting point. Um, I want to talk a little bit Cara, about like your journey from, um, because we talk about this often, uh, Dr. Liss and I, that educators, they're leaving education and they're finding their paths, their journeys are, are are finding different paths to different occupations. So how did that happen to you? Like I was super intrigued by it. How did that happen? Yeah. So um, I think I had, was overworked and overexerted myself because um, that is a field, especially when you are dealing with federal funds and the mm -hmm. government. You know, it, it's a field where there are no, there's no downtime, right? So I think I was 28 or 29, I was 29, and I had become um, director of family services, and I held um, mental health, disabilities, family services, 21 case managers, four coordinators, and a part mm. care tree, okay? Yeah. And, and I'm at this agency, and I'm working, and I have people who have been in the field longer than me and and just not really respecting my you know my new command mm -hmm. um but i had went to the hospital twice mm. in the was I there three or four years that i was there under that position just from exertion mm -hmm. from being tired and i think i believe my mom that second time came to me she said let me tell you something cara mm -hmm. Before we get to bury you, they will have you replaced. Right. And children will not get another Cara, but mm -hmm. that, they will have a new director at that at that age. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know, that, that really spoke to me. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, there's 
a lot of uh, out of town conferences I had to go to and just just working overtime, just making sure that I'm meeting the requirements and the mandates of the grant. Right. Right. Um, right. Even circling back to being a therapist at a school district um, where I'm seeing uh, all types of things. And we what fifth graders that are reading at a kindergarten level that are sounding out the alphabet for the first time. It's like, what's going on with our education system? Right. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pressure on educators now. Mm-hmm. A lot. Um, and I and I'm not sure where the the achievement gap where that ball is being dropped, mm. where it's expanded way more than I ever thought. Um, but I, I think people are starting to just say it's just not worth it anymore. And it's yeah. sad because we need educators, right? We need the people that care about holding the grants so they can still exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. we need people that look like you and yeah. care like yeah. this. I was just this morning on the news, they were doing a segment, well, two segments, one about the need for psychologists in schools and then the other one about the need for nurses in schools and how the numbers are so low and have gotten lower since, you know, um, the, the the beginning of the pandemic and saying how, you know, why do we not have more psychologists in school and why do we need more psychologists? So they went to that whole thing. But one of the things, and for the nurses, was lack of respect, yeah. lack of understanding for what the psychologists and what the nurses do in the programs. And then some of the nurses are now offering mental health services. And although the, the person speaking said that the nurses have the training, but they don't have the training, typically as much training in behavior health to really be able to support students but so they're like trying to brainstorm how do we get more psychologists in schools how do we get more mental health workers in schools how do we get more nurses in schools and i mean it's just really 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 um we're at a crisis level and then the teachers are leaving too we know that like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the directors are leaving the administrators are leaving like and part of his pay Mm -hmm. and part of it's part of it's the um the environment you know, there's so many different factors that are going on into this. And when you were talking, I was thinking about a job that I had when I was in the classroom and I was having headaches every day. And I'm thinking about this now having flashbacks, headaches every day. And I couldn't realize why, why I was having headaches. And my mother was like, why are you having headaches every day? And I realized it took me leaving that job to stop having the headaches. Well, it's a real thing. Yeah. One, one thing I wanted to add to, to Dr. Liss is that uh, the nurses are also in charge of passing out medication. And it is unbelievable the amount of children that are required to take medicine now versus back when, you know, you and I were in grammar school. How many times did you do you remember a kid being called down to the office to take their midday dose? Right. Rarely. Rarely. They half the school. The nurses are exhausted. The school psychologist would be the person that will sit down with you at those IEP meetings to tell you, like, this is what we're seeing in your child. This is where your child, you know, scored lower or higher or elevated levels for, you know, a possible disability. And that is not taken well by parents, you know. Mm -hmm. And so me being a therapist that comes into the school, they already have the IEP. The conversation has already been had. And so my job is pretty easy. Um, you know, I may do updates. I sit in all the IEP meetings, but 
Um, I think for a school psychologist, mm -hmm. it's like, it's just, they probably feel like it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. um, from the districts that they, they really right. need. Um, as far as getting kids the resources that they need yeah. to thrive in a classroom setting. If I have ADHD and my mom is not giving me the medicine in the morning and I am tearing up the classroom, you know, what, what do you do with that? Right, right. Which is another thing that she was mm -hmm. saying is that now the psychologists are dealing with all the in crisis mode. Where yeah. before they could help before, you know, with some services before we got to crisis mode, they could see, okay, here's some signs, here's some symptoms, let's get in there. And now yeah. they can't get in there early because all their energy is spent in the, the crisis situations. And that has to be so, so draining. It is. It is. It's draining to work in any environment where the sky is falling every day. Yeah. Survival mode. I think that's the big thing that I'm hearing often with uh, educators and administrators, survival mode. And then, you know, I always think of, and hearing you say that, Cara, I always think of like, how many of our children are actually over-medicated as well, which could also be, um, uh, you know, an issue. Um, mm -hmm. um, very interesting um, that you guys made that, that connection. Dr. Liss is always making a connection to something that she saw or, or heard and can bring it in. And I know that we wanted to know a little bit um, about um, your NPP and just if you could explain it to the folks. Would, sure. Well, no. Enlighten us, Kara, about your NPP. Okay. So um, NPP stands for Nurturing Parenting Program. And so I am a therapist for a agency that um, works as a third party for DCFS. And so all of the parents that are in my program have already lost uh, custody of their children and they are trying to regain custody. So it is a requirement from the judge that they meet with me in a 16 week program for parenting and then one on one therapy sessions with me within the 16 weeks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, that's some work. That's some, it's such, such, such important work. But I'm looking at it from the different levels, but just thinking about it from your side, it seems like that would be very rewarding yet stressful work. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, that you just summed it up. It, it's so rewarding sometimes to uh, work with our, our parents. Um, I have one group that is all fathers. And, and I just love working with that group and working with them one-on-one -on -one and just to see um, strong men really advocating for themselves and, and their children. Because they care about their kids too, right? Yeah, it breaks that stereotype. Um, but uh, on the other hand, it can be very disheartening, right? Okay. Um, because we see some fathers are working so hard, or well, some parents, period. You know, mom mm -hmm. is working really hard and it's just the, the system has already just made their decisions with them, you know. So, yeah, it's got to be hard to, um, again, I'm sounding very parallel to education. Again, it's so mm -hmm. rewarding, um, but then you are invested. We are invested in yeah. the futures and the outcomes of uh, the children and the parents, the families um, in general. So... Mm. So how do you suggest people who are doing the type of work that you do? How do you stay balanced? How do you stay out of that 
or how do you deal with if you're feeling like you're in high functioning depression because you're going, 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 trying to serve all those families? Right. And so I remember in grad school, um, I had a uh, a therapy class and uh, my professor said, every therapist needs a therapist, right? Don't ever mistake yourself uh, for so good in your craft that you don't need that, right? Mm-hmm. And so number Say one- Say that again for the people in the back. And I'm thinking of the people in the back of my head. Okay. <laughs> Every therapist needs a therapist, okay? <laughs> but, and it's true, you know? And, yeah. and so I am not ashamed to get up and go to therapy, right? Mm-hmm. To sit on someone else's couch and say, this is what's going on with me. Right. I also think that self-care is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think Tasha and I talked about like self-care and how expensive it can be uh, because self-care looks for everybody something you know different. But for me, it's, it's like a lot of other black women, you know, hair, nails, lashes. I feel good about myself when I'm looking good. Right. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I make time for for self-care for myself. Right. Making that a priority. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And not feeling bad that you're doing something for yourself. Yeah, right. Not feeling bad about it. Literally celebrating that you're doing something for yourself and taking the time to be present. And um, yeah, Kari and I did talk about uh, self-care a lot. That seems to be a trending topic um, throughout our our podcast, too. I mean, I think everyone's trying to find that balance. And I'm so happy that you're able to do so, Kara. It just really, again, when I when I met you, when we began talking, I thought this beautiful soul like has so much. I mean, you get so much more um, than um, some beautiful eyelashes, which they are <laughs> beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, you do a really really great job. Um, but it, it 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 says something, you know, service and connection and mm-hmm. the ability to relate to something. I mean, because I'm not you, you. Just sometimes you don't rock mm-hmm. with folks. I mean, you know, they could offer the great great product, um, but you don't rock with them. And so I was really really very fortunate um, that the universe aligned and connected us, Kara. Um, I want to say thank you so much for uh, coming on. I feel like we could talk for. For a long, long time, and we will probably be asking you to come back and go deeper. For sure. Go deeper. Um, can you um, tell us where we can find you? Yes. Yeah, so um, you can always find me on my business page, which is Lash Art on Instagram. It's at Lash Art underscore Chicago. Um, and then that would link you to my personal page too. But uh, the business page, that's where you can get the therapy um, and some beautiful lashes or a facial, you know, I'm a little esthetician. So won't be trying to go up on the prices because you're about to get an oh, no, no, no. Coming in there, they want their eyelashes done, and then they're gonna be telling you all their business. Whew. Oh, and, I, and I'll be ready. <laughs> She she will be ready. I feel like we need to connect you with, um, in our first episode, we had Coach Steph, who is a hairstylist and, well, she just retired from, from behind the chair, but she's also okay. an esthetician and she's an instructor um, teaching right. uh, at a college now, teaching um, cosmetology mm-hmm. and all of those things. But what I was going to go in there with is that she often feels like she is also doing um, counseling sessions when people come to her chair. And so you are literally doing it by your profession as well as um, 
your business. So that's just so interesting. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I tell the ladies, I say, I'm going to find a way to charge your insurance for this. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, we can build this and okay. build this. <laughs> because it's true. And I mean, it, it is. You are using um, the skills that you have. So yeah, that, that's just amazing. Yes. You really yes. do get two in one. Like I said, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the name for it. Right. And, and I really do welcome it because I, I see the need for it. Right? Yeah. And, and not everybody is unashamed to go to therapy, right? Some It's a little taboo in our community still. But feeling like, you know, you have someone that you can um, share your secrets with, your fears, right. uh, and then get a beauty service. Right. And get some flat eyelashes. Right, right, right. Yeah, in the community, one one beautiful woman at a time. Oh, I I love it. It's so true. The other thing, um, Coach Steph mentioned is that for cosmetology now you have to have um training in domestic violence. So training and recognizing it. Right. And so that became a requirement maybe, I want to say four or five years ago. Don't quote me on that. But um, a lot of women were who were being um, abused physically by their partners were only coming to tell their beauticians and their estheticians. And so I think the government realized like these people are the people that are that are in the knowing. Right. When something bad is happening. Wow. Mm-hmm. How about that? I think it's amazing that the government kind of realized that and, you know, put that training in there. But it's true. It's true. You're in a very, very trusted position in mm-hmm. in all in all of your roles. So, yes. So we thank you. We thank wait. you for your service. Yes, Natasha. Wait, wait, wait. There's one more thing that I wanted to ask. Uh-huh. Kara. Yeah. Kara. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I kind of do. Okay. Is there any one person that you want to shout out that's like mentored you or supported you through your process, through your learning, through, through you know, whatever that you might want to kind of get some props to? Mm, that's a... What? <sighs> have someone in the background yelling to me but yeah it would be be my my entire village as a whole um and I mentioned my mother earlier kind of tapping me on the shoulder right Um, and and I just have such a wonderful village that supports me as a single mother that allows me to get into my modes where I can function in my uh my depression sometimes, right? Um, and and still not drop the ball, right? And kind of lift me up. And I know um, we probably all have a very strong village, but like, yeah, that that would be my my shout out. Community village, absolutely. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so we so much. We really really have enjoyed having you on. Thank I also want to give a shout out to Power's brother, who is in the background that you guys can't see. <laughs> Us. Yes. Like, giving us pointers. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's obvious podcasters. Can't turn it off, you know. Yeah. We appreciate him. Yeah. We're glad thank he didn't turn it off. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you again and thank y'all for joining thank us. We will see you All next right. time at Brown Crayon. See you next time. Okay. Bye-bye.
exploring deeper waters.